0: Hello, Redeemed Church, how's everyone doing? For those of you you out there who I don't know and don't know me, my name is Eddie Johnson. I'm a part of our teaching team here at Redeemed Church. So excited to continue our series in Romans. Uh, I'm picking up in Romans 5, Kurt and Marty did a great job uh, setting the stage in the first four chapters. I get to do chapter five. And truth be told, uh, chapter five uh, might be one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It definitely is one of my favorite in the whole Bible. Might be my favorite in Romans. I love it. Matter of fact, chapter one and chapter five might be my top two in Romans. Um, we we uh, set the stage. We have a really awesome graphic if you've been watching online or if you've been coming at church. Um, and we just kind of setting up the, the outline of the book of Romans. It starts with that, uh, uh, Paul is writing and he says, yo, you're in the courthouse of God. Uh, hey, the Lord has some accusations. He's got some questions you need to answer. You need to respond to what uh, he's calling and what he's speaking uh, to you. Uh, and then it shifts into, hey, we're no longer in the courthouse of God. We're in the family house. We're at the dinner table. We're talking family business. And we then we transition. This is kind of starting to get to where we are now in Romans is there's faith. And there's a new life, right? What is this new life? What is this faith that we've uh, stepped into, that we've had the, the uh, privilege to be a part of, right? That's chapter four, we start to see the shift. We're sitting around the table, family dinner, and now we're talking about our faith and our new life. And then it goes into the freedom and the transformation and the fact that we as believers go from that freedom and transformation to reaching our arms out into the world and into the community. Man, and I, like I said, I love Romans 5, and there's so much I want to talk about, and so here's the thing. We got, we, we, this is going to be a unique message, something I've actually never uh, shared the way I'm about to share today, never done it before, but I really felt strongly I wanted to bring some visual elements uh, to this message, so I've got a few visual elements that'll come up on the screen. For those of you guys who get to come to church on Saturday night in person, it's going to be great. We're going to do the same thing in person Um, because there's so much meat and potatoes there's so much information to dive in two things we need to understand i'm only going to tackle the first about 11 verses of romans chapter 5. at the end of these 11 verses uh, man paul digs into a whole nother thought process that we just won't be able to do justice today diving into so really we're focusing on the first 11 verses of romans chapter 5 and in a lot of ways those 11 verses really fit chapter four more than chapter five. So this is kind of a part two to Kurt's message last week. uh, And Kurt did a great job talking to us about faith. All of Romans chapter five, at least this half that we're talking about today, uh, deals with faith. And so since it deals with faith, And we don't have time to unpack, and not that we don't have time to unpack, Kurt did an amazing job last week unpacking the faith of Abraham, how that relates to us today. We're going to use Kurt's definition of faith that he used in Romans chapter 4 to be the jump-off point for everything we're talking about today. Kurt's definition of faith was this. It said, faith is the obedient response to a covenant relationship that leads us to trusting God. One more time, faith is the obedient response to a covenantal relationship that leads us to trusting God. That's the definition we're working with. Faith is, man, God wants this relationship with us. He's extended his arm out to us. He did not just extend, he pulls us up. The Bible says he pulls us out of miry clay, he puts us out of the, the grit and the grime. And because we can trust him, we have relationship with him. Because we have relationship with him, we know we can trust him more. So that's our definition of faith. This is where we pick up in Romans chapter five, verse one. It says this, therefore, we got to pause right there. If you're a great theologian, right? If you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard this phrase once or twice, befo- once or twice before, when you see therefore in the Bible, you have to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore, all right, I'm gonna say that again. Okay, When you see therefore in the Bible, you have to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, the therefore is there because that definition of faith we just gave from Kurt's message. Because of this faith of Abraham, because of the faith that we as believers, we have access to in Christ Jesus that we participate in. Therefore, because of the faith of Abraham, because faith is an obedient response to a covenant relationship that leads us to trust in God, therefore, Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit that has been given to us can i pray for us right now father we thank you lord that your word is crystal clear we have access lord the doors have been flung wide open There is no lock, there's no bolt, there's no chain. There is no do not enter sign. There's only a welcome sign and a banqueting table where you have called us to be with you at. And we thank you for that. And we are so honored to be a part of your family, to have access to you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, like I said, uh, Romans chapter 5 is some of my favorite scripture, and there's a lot of different reasons why it is. Part of the reason why it is, number one, I, I just studied this uh, chunk of scripture uh, uh, several times in my life. Um, it, uh, the Lord's brought me back to the scripture, these 11 verses. Uh, but also, one other reason why it's a favorite scripture of mine, uh, back when I was in college, I had a, an amazing professor, and I'm going to give him a shout out right now Professor uh, Steve Thomason. I don't remember if he was a doctor or had his MDiv or what he had, but he was a Professor of Manhattan in college and uh, in shout out to Bethany University, uh, uh, going to Bethany University in my Las Vegas campus when I was down there. Uh, Steve was a professor and a pastor uh, and he was a, an ama- and still is an amazing teacher. About four years ago, I actually tracked him down on Facebook, reached out to him and said, Hey man, you don't remember me. Uh, he kind of remembered me, kind of not, but I said, um, you, uh, everything you taught, I still use so much of that today. Not only was he a pastor, not only was he been a professor, but Steve Thomas, and part of the reason why he was so impactful to me, he's a cartoonist. And he actually used his cartoons, his artwork, and his drawings to give Bible study lessons, to teach theology. And it's one of the greatest ways uh, I have learned about theology in my personal life. Uh, some of you, if you are familiar with this, you know about the Bible Project. Uh, our friends, the Bible Project crew out of Portland. Uh, they do an amazing job uh, doing uh, animation and doing theology in an animated way. Uh, they started in the last handful of years. Uh, Pastor Steve, Professor Steve, he was doing this back in 20, or 2003, 2004, 2005, uh, when he was a professor of mine. He was the first person I ever saw did it, or I ever saw do this and he actually has an amazing breakdown of Romans chapter five in animated fashion. So I decided I'm going to use what he uh, broke, how he broke down the scripture to kind of be our, our our move forward as we dissect the word of God and as we see how it applies to our life today. So we're actually going to use some cartoon cartoon animation. Uh, they're still shots. They're not going to be like Mickey Mouse, you know, dancing around or some like, you know um, some. Pixar action here, but you're going to see some amazing things. So we've got the first slide that's going to be on the screen and you just see it says Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. And then right after that, it goes to this and you'll see the breakdown right here. Since we are justified by faith, parenthetically, the faithfulness of God, we have peace with God. We've been justified by faith. This is where we talked about right there. What's the therefore, therefore? Kurt said it we have access to the relationship. Abraham was justified. Abraham was accredited. Here's, excuse me. Let me say that again. Abraham, because of his faith, it was accredited to him as righteousness. And what you've got to understand, we've got to break down some words here. So the word justified literally means we've been declared right. We have been declared not by our own determination, not by our own faith, our own intelligence, not by our own good works or good deeds, but by the mouth and by the heart and by the voice of God himself. He has said, because of your faith, you are made right. You are righteous. You are the righteousness of Christ because of your faith. Your faith has justified you when you say yes to Jesus. When you do the and Romans Road, if you go to Romans, uh, right, if you've if you've been in church for a long time, they have a great thing called the Romans Road, right? Romans 3.23, all of sin fall truth, glory of God, da da go on on down the line. Okay, Romans is a beautiful book talking about really just the redemptive process that God has for us. And Paul here says, We you you've been justified, you were in the courthouse of God. And he said, you did some things wrong, but because you believed in Jesus, you've now been made right and you've been brought in to be part of the family. And now you're at peace with God. You've been justified. You've been made right before God. And now you're at peace with God. You and God are at this place of, this is not the the Hebrew word shalom, but the Greek word here is the same idea. It's this peace, it's this wholeness, it's everything is in right order as it should be. Everything is mature, everything is complete, everything is peachy keen, everything is good. And all of that happened because you said yes to Jesus in the midst of your funk, in the midst of your sin, the Lord brought you up out of it Your faith brought you out of that. He justified you. He said you've been made right. He's he's brought you into proper relationship with him. And that brings us to the next slide. All of this is done through Christ. Christ is the tunnel of love. Come on now, can I get an amen, all right? Jesus Christ himself, this was not done apart from Jesus, but this was done through the work of Jesus Christ. As I was reading this and I was thinking down, how this breaks down in practicality, I was reminded of the verse in Proverbs eighteen ten. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower, our strong tower, the righteous run into it and they are safe, and they are safe. Or in our case, we can say saved, right? Jesus Christ himself, the Lord himself is the fortress of solitude, is the fortress of strength. Fortress of solitude, that was a Superman reference. Is the fortress of strength. Jesus Christ himself and God the Father does not operate outside of the work of the Son. So when God the Father has declared us righteous, we understand that we pass through the work of Christ. You know, sometimes in church we can sound kind of uh, uh, creepy when we say we're washed in the blood of Jesus. Come on now, can't we be real right now? Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're new to the, being a part of a, a body of Christ. And you may hear believers say that at some point in time, we're washing the blood of Jesus. That's super creepy. I know, I get it. It's awkward. It's weird. But the, it's, a, it's a picture. It's a metaphorical picture. It's a prophetic picture. And in a, in a lot of respects, when we take it back to the Old Testament, it's an actual picture. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals. And and that blood that was shed was a, a, a representation, a prophetic act of the covering of our sin. And we know that now Christ was slain on the cross. His blood was shed once and for all so that we're all covered. Our sin has been accounted for. It's been covered. It's been taken care of. And we can step now into this beautiful relationship with God. Everything happens through Christ. The name of the Lord, Christ himself is the strong tower. He's the covering, he's the banner. He's by which that we can step into and step under and walk through as the Lord brings us through, God the Father brings us through and we are safe and we are saved. We are justified by faith because of God's faithfulness. We have peace with God and all of that happens through Christ Jesus our Lord. And here's where Paul takes a shift, because if you've been around church for a while, you kind of understand that. Maybe this is your first time being in, in, involved in, in, in ministry or excuse me, in, in, in part of, a, of the body of Christ, uh, the family of God. Maybe you're like, okay, I kind of can see kind of how that gets to. But then Paul shifts here and, and he brings up something else. And, and he says, through Christ, we boast. You'll see this in the next slide, right? Out of nowhere, he says, you, you, you've been justified by faith, you've got peace with God, you've done this through Christ, and now we boast, we boast. It's fascinating here, we're actually gonna, um, Paul says that word we boast three times. We're gonna talk about the first two, and then when we end, we're gonna bring up the third one. But in this chunk of scripture, he says we boast three times, we're gonna talk about the first two, then we're gonna deal with the last one at the very end, okay? Paul talks about three things we boast in. And the first one is, he says, we boast, and you'll see this on the next slide, we boast in sharing of hope. I'm going to say that again. We boast in sharing of hope. Here's the beautiful part about the God we serve, is our boast can be fully established and can be full Throw it at him. Uh, uh, like, I'll, I'll tell you one of my boasts. This is one of my boasts I do it all the time. You've probably heard me say it before if you've heard me speak once or twice. is I love to tell people this. My wife is a preschool teacher, Kendra. She's a preschool teacher. And she uh, her school has often been ranked um, as one of the top Christian private schools in the greater Puget Sound area. Not only that, but she has been often the most requested teacher in her school. So, Number one school, number one teacher, she's the best. I boast in that all the time. I also boast in the fact that my wife is an amazing baker and she makes the best cupcakes, all right? She's really good. Some of y'all who you've had her cupcakes, they are like, oh yeah, he he's speaking the truth. It's like the scripture and Kendra's cupcakes. It's like Holy Spirit inspired right there. Paul says here that we can boast. We boast in Our hope of sharing the glory of God. This idea that we can put our entire, when it comes to celebrating, when it comes to bragging, when it comes to shouting it out from the top of your lungs, you could never shout loud enough. You could never speak up enough about how good and how amazing and how wonderful and how great our God is. You can never shout enough. It's been established. Let's go back in Romans. Romans one, Kurt read it. He already says, all of creation, all of creation testifies. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities have been made known. All of creation testifies. You look throughout scripture. The Bible says, if they you don't praise me, the rocks, creation will cry out in my praise. The Bible says, from the mouths of children, the mouths of babes, God has ordained praise. He is who he is. There is no use questioning how awesome he is. The beautiful part about being in relationship and having access and being justified and being brought into the family is we can boast that, hey, yo, my dad could beat up your dad. We can boast about the fact that my heavenly Father is greater than anything else that you've been doing. That He who is in me is greater than He is who in the world, He who is in the world. That we're two or more gather. There, the Holy Spirit, there, God is in the midst. We can boast, we can sing that out from the top of our lungs, and we would never be put to shame. We can make that our boast. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. There's never a bad time to declare the awesomeness of God. I have a friend, my buddy, Brandon, we were just dorks growing up, loving Jesus, trying to serve God the best we could. And we, you know, we just said dumb stuff all the time. And one day he just goes, space is so big, they call it space. That's a really deep, stupid line, right? Space is so big, they call it space. God is so awesome. We ascribe to him the only name in our broken human language that can identify how great he is. He's God, he is. He says, when, when and I, I went off script right now, I'm just, I'm just preaching from the hip, right? When Moses sees the burning bush in the desert, he says, yo, who should I tell him send me? I am. I is what I is, I am what I am, and I always will be, always have been. God is God, and we make our boast in who He is and His goodness. The second boast we make, and this might sound a little odd, Paul says we boast in our suffering. You'll see this on the next slide, right? We boast in the hope. Of sharing the glory of God we boast in how good our God is and we boast in the suffering we boast in our suffering man this is like me saying my car broke down praise God, <laughs> it's going to cost $1,000 to fix, praise God, because I got my my Dave Ramsey emergency fund all set up, right, <laughs> all right? that's. I don't know how else I could boast, and, and shout out to Dave Ramsey, I got my Dave Ramsey emergency fund for all my people out there, FPU Financial Peace University folks, when you got your two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 saved up in the bank, all right, come on, now, doesn't that feel good, But Paul says you can boast in our sufferings. I don't want to do that. Can you imagine that? That doesn't sound like fun. I'm going to boast that my life is going terrible. I'm going to boast that I lost my job. I'm going to boast that that life has been difficult. But Paul says we can boast in our suffering. So it leads me to ask the question, well, why is it that we can boast in our suffering? Here's why I think we can boast in our suffering. I'm going to read this line. In Romans one more time. And I'm going to read you a second Bible verse that is eerily similar to it, not eerily, but very similar to it. And not only that, we also boast in our suffering, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has been, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given to us. There's a verse in the the, the letter of James, all right, that sounds very similar to this. It's James chapter 1, 2, and 4. It says these words. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you experience, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance, or excuse me. See, just, I got to backtrack. I had to tell you this. This was actually the first verse of the Bible I ever memorized. And uh, when I got saved in May of 1997, and I memorized this verse in September of 1997, NIV has updated uh, this, uh, I think it was like 2012, maybe 2016, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, they updated uh, just to get more modern language. Fun fact, if you want to know some fun things, the NIV Bible, if that's your Bible you like to read, it's actually written at a seventh grade reading level. Fun fact, right? Things you learn by studying um, and having great teachers in your life. Um, so, oftentimes when I quote this verse, I quote it from how I memorized it back in 1997, but the language has been updated. So, I'm going to reread it again, and I'm going to read it in the updated language that it has for NIV today. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Okay, it's been it's been uh, made a gender. It's been uh, it's been de-emphasized in the gender of the male singular because this is a holistic. A phrase. It's not just brothers, meaning only men. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, and not lacking anything. All right. I, I decided to put together my own little, uh, my own little visual aid. It's nowhere near as creative and beautiful as. Professor Steve, Pastor Steve's that he has here, but it's going to come up on the screen as well right now. Okay, you've got Romans and you've got James. Okay, here's the fascinating thing you get, and this is going to be really the heartbeat of our message today. Okay, Romans and James both talk about this idea that we deal with trouble, we deal with testing, we deal with we deal with pain, we deal with suffering. And they both, the starting place for both of them. They don't talk about the pain. I think this is why we can boast in our suffering because the starting place for our suffering is never our suffering, it's the faith that's been established long before the suffering showed up. What does Romans say? It says, you can boast. You can boast in your suffering because your faith has already been established. You can boast in your suffering because you have access to peace. You can boast in your suffering because you've already boasted in the Lord and His goodness. So you can boast in your suffering because it hasn't, that's not the primary thing in your life that has been established. James says it this way, consider it pure joy when you experience trials of any kind. The, the suffering and the pain of the trials was not the first thing that was established. The first thing was established was faith. And then once you have faith, you say, I'm gonna take joy in every circumstance because I know my faith has opened up new doors. My faith has given me access to peace. My faith has brought me closer to the Lord. The thing that's been established is the relationship via faith. And because I have the relationship via faith, you'll see this, I can boast or I can take joy. And then when I boast or take joy, I can endure the pain of the suffering. I can develop the perseverance. And I know that when I develop the perseverance and I develop the endurance, it develops character or maturity. It brings me more hope and it makes God's work complete and without lack. And the Holy Spirit pours out in me. So when we talk about how can we boast in our suffering, the reason why you can boast in the pain isn't because you saved up your Dave Ramsey emergency fund. The reason why you can boast in your suffering is because that was never the primary thing established in your life. The foundation of your life has been founded on the faith relationship. The foundation of your life has been founded on the declaration of you being in right standing, you have been justified by God the Father himself. So since you've been justified, since you're on a firm foundation, no wind, no rain, no storm, nothing can disrupt you off your foundation if you operate the way the Lord has instructed you to operate. You see, you have got the firm foundation, You've been laid perfect the way that God has you. And because everything's been laid perfect the way God has you, the way God wants you to have, now you take joy, as James says. Say, yo, the storms may come, but he's got me. Man, you can boast the way Paul says, man, my God is good. Even if everything falls around me, my God is still good. And as you persevere, and as you work out your faith, with fear and trembling. I love that the Bible says that work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? There, there, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, there, you don't serve a God that ignores the pain and the suffering and the temptation of life. You serve a God in heaven who gives us his Holy spirit to live fully and freely for him who acknowledges the pain and says, I know there are tribulations. I know there's trials. I know there is pain, but I have given you everything you need for life and godliness. I've established you in a place. I have given you a foundation. I have equipped you for everything you need. So when the stuff comes, you ain't got to worry about it because I'm creating in you a maturity. I'm creating you a a, a heart. I'm creating you a steadfastness. I'm creating in you someone who's going to be a fully fledged, a fully mature, a fully founded person who loves Jesus. (laughs) So boast in the glory of God, boast in our suffering because we know that the suffering produces hope. Suffering produces hope. I'll read this next slide as well. And we know the hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his Holy Spirit. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I love it here that you just see the beauty of the Trinity. You see God the Father orchestrating the whole plan Jesus is the the for lack of a better term the conduit by which we can operate and move and the Holy Spirit comes in and says yo I got you I'm gonna for all those places where you've been empty I'm gonna fill you back up a couple verses in Romans I love this Romans 6 5 since we've been united with him in death we'll also be raised to him to life as he was I'm filling you back up. You thought those storms and that pain that came was going to cripple you and was going to end you? You thought this was the end? No. In the same way where Christ was beaten and bruised and was raised up, I'm raising you up. Romans eight eleven. the spirit of God who has raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. I'm going to raise you up. This hope does not disappoint because I'm going to raise you up. I'm gonna raise you up, and it goes on to say that all this was done because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit He has given us, and then the word picks up, Paul picks up the rest of Romans five in the next couple of in the next couple of slides, and you see in this next slide. The cross shows up as that's how that's where the the love has been poured out into our hearts the holy spirit's been poured out into our hearts and then you see as this final slide comes up the completed picture is the peace through christ we boast in glory in suffering the hope we have the holy spirit poured out in love christ is there in the midst And we're fully reconciled to who God is. And this is where we see the third boast that Paul talks about. boast that we have been reconciled with God. Let's finish this with Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than then, now that we have been justified by his blood, there is that word again, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more surely have we been reconciled Will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The third and final boast is that we get to boast in the fact that we've been reconciled with God. Let me, let me, let me. This is my Bible. My name's Eddie. It's, I'm going to do you the edified version. You were far from God. And you were a sinner. And every accusation that was made against you, you may not like it, but it was true. And the Lord gave you his hand in love and in redemption and in friendship. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He brought you into the family. He told you that as now that we're part of the family, we do things differently. And the family is built on love. It's built on faith. It's built on fact that the way the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit cooperate as a family, that's how we cooperate as a family. So you can boast that now you've been a part of the family. Boast that you now have peace that surpasses understanding. Boast that you are free and free indeed. And boast that even when you hit suffering, it doesn't sweat you. It's like water off a duck's back because that's not the primary established point of your life. The suffering comes because that's part of life. You've already been grounded in your faith. And because you've been grounded in your faith and because you know you've been restored and justified from a life that was far from God and you know he's kept you this much, you can boast in the fact that, you know what? I have been reconciled with God the Father. I have been established. I've been brought into the family I've been hugged. I've been held. I am being loved right now. Uh, I was thinking of a way to wrap this up and and, um, the only way I could do it was go back to reference um, Romans 1 and and I think we've gone a little long for this one this week, but that's okay. Um, Hopefully you're rocking with me still. Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. Kurt talked about this this first week of the message. but I want to wrap it up here. It also makes some sense. I think we'll read Romans 16 and 17 a little differently once you have the context of Romans 5. Let me read Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to any, everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. For in the gospel of righteousness, for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, The righteous will live by faith. Church, can I tell you something? You know how I can be unashamed of the gospel? Do you know how Kurt can be unashamed? Do you know how you can be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is when you take a step back and you look back at everything he's done for you. He established you in faith. He brought you through the storms, and right now you stand at a place of even more faith, because I don't know about you, church, but when I've gone through some stuff, and I've seen the Lord restore me, and I've seen the Lord keep me, and I've seen the Lord restore other people, and I've seen the Lord keep other people, it only builds my faith. So when I start with faith, I go through the storms, and I hold on to my faith. I'm not saying you gotta be perfect. I'm not saying every day's gotta be a good day. I'm just saying you hold tight. You end with more faith because you see how the Lord has brought you and how he kept you through it all and what does the word say righteousness is faith from first to last it will be said the righteous will live by faith I truly believe these words of being unashamed literally mean the Lord will bring you through it all will keep you in faith and at the end of it all if you trust him and you are mature and complete if you trust him and you develop perseverance and character and endurance and he pours out his Holy Spirit into your hearts, you only end with more faith. And what's our definition of faith? Simple. Faith is the obedient response to a covenant relationship that leads us to trust in God. We start with faith, faith, we endure with faith, we end with more faith that is the beauty of who we are now the people of god the people of faith the people that say i will hold on tight and i will fight and squaw and i will trust my god through it all let's pray father we thank you so much for this time we thank you for your word we thank you that you have brought us from a place of faith you brought you allowed the storms to come And we hold tight to your hand in the midst of the storms, knowing that you will deliver us, knowing that we can boast and celebrate in who you are because you are a good God. And at the end, Father, you draw us closer to you with more faith, with more joy, with more peace, with more hope, with more encouragement, with more strength, with more passion, with more pride, with more of all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Redeemed Church, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Come back next week in person, online, join a life group, get plugged in, come to Easter, do all the things. We'll see you next time.